In this episode of The Full Nerd, GeForce RTX 3070 Ti is here. Keith and I have both played with it. We're going to talk about it and all sorts of other GPU goodies. Hello, Internet, and welcome back to The Full Nerd. I'm Brad Charkis. Gordon couldn't make it today. We still have Elena Yee. Hi. <laughs> I was not expecting and, you to go first. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gordon's gone every all, all the time is off. Filling in for Gordon, we have once again the wonderful Keith May. Hello, everyone. All right. And as always, horizontals and verticals being controlled by Adam Patrick Murray. Yeah, yeah, I'm here, uh, and we already have some eagle-eyed people in in the chat. Uh, I look at this, look at this nice polo with uh, with the full nerd stitching here. I've it's got embroidered. Uh, oh, yeah, embroidered. Uh, I've got uh, a full full nerd mug. That I'm. Mm, it tastes so much better out of this full nerd mug. I, I actually do at the top of the show want to announce uh, we, we have a new merch supplier. Today is is the first day I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to put a little uh, link in the chat. Um, Crowdmade. They, to me too. Yeah, they, they, they reached out to me, Crowdmade, and said, hey, we, we want to work with you. So uh, I will say... You know, we we worked hard on on our last merch suppliers to uh, to get some quality products, but that was very much just off the shelf. You know, we, you sign up for an account, you you put the the graphics in, and 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 you roll with it. Like I, I, we actually have a rep now. They they're they're sourcing uh, different different supplies from vendors, uh, and yeah, one of the big things too was uh, embroidered stuff. So we've got embroidered polos, which are actually limited edition. We're only going to have these for for the first couple of weeks of the store going up, uh, and embroidered hats now too, which. Uh, which is Ooh. pretty nice. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to put a link uh, in the chat. Go get your uh, your new full nerd merch. Uh, and people who bought the old merch, thank you so much. But now you have a uh, limited edition uh, stuff that <laughs> that, that uh, isn't going to be sold again. So yeah, I'm excited. Also, yeah. funny enough, one one of the things I was talking to the people at Crowdmade, and I was like, hey, do you have any other uh, creators that you work with in, in the tech space? And he said, uh, Jace Two Cents. Jace Two Cents uses the same uh, the same platform as us, so I, I was like, okay, well, whatever he's using, let's uh, let's do that. So <laughs> we actually are, are using the same shirt material uh, and everything, just just like he is. So this yeah. is exciting. Yeah, no surprise it, to us too. Yeah, ex- exciting <laughs> stuff. So get in there, get in, get your uh, your limited edition polo, and 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 soon enough we'll we'll have some uh, some new some new uh designs too i I know we have like a backlog of uh fun designs to work with so i'm excited to get those oh i dig this i'm Uh, looking at it right now i'm also sorry when i when i said it's embroidered i wasn't correcting you i was just very excited no (laughs) no and 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 it is is good quality especially the hats too like the 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 older hats you know uh, had had the printing and and it it wasn't bad uh but like getting a a, a, an embroidered hat man it's yeah it's pretty nice we we have a couple different designs good stuff Yep. Yep. Uh, so okay. anyway, there sorry. There is a snapback, Jeff P. There, there's a snapback. Uh, unfortunately, the, the that vendor is is having some some problems with uh, with supply right now, like like the rest of the world, like like graphics cards. Uh, but yeah, they they will be back in stock soon. Uh, I I am told so. Anyway, speaking of things that that are going to be in short supply, Brad Keith, uh, <laughs> yeah. RTX 3070 Ti uh, is here. Please tell us why we should uh, hopefully maybe buy this one, but probably not. Uh, yeah, reasons. I'm actually so. interested to have this talk because I reviewed the 3070 Ti Founders Edition this morning. 
Keith also reviewed uh, 3070 Ti Founders Edition on WCCF Tech. Go check both of those out. Uh, oh, is he showing it off? Oh, look at right that. There. Yep. Oh, it's a visual. That. Visual. <laughs> <laughs> this is a visual yeah. medium if you're watching yeah. the show live. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think we have kind of uh, mixed opinions on it. Uh, me personally, I'm not very excited about it. Uh, all the rumors and leaks turned out to have been true. Uh, the 3070 Ti is basically the full fat version of the, I forget the die number, but the 3070s GPU. Uh, it has a few hundred more shader cores in it, stuff like that, you know, appropriately scaled ray tracing cores, DLSS cores. Uh, and it also has GDDR6X memory as opposed to gddr6 uh when you add that all up because the gpu is only slightly better uh gddr6x is twice the memory bandwidth uh gddr6 add it all up and i'm not very excited by this card uh it's basically just barely a little bit faster than the 3070 was uh, and uses quite a bit more power because those GDDR6X modules use quite a bit more power. And because of that, the Founders Edition cooler, even though they switched and used the same cooler that's on the 3080 and 3090, it gets hotter. Still fine temperatures. It, it runs fine. It sounds fine. All that jazz. Uh, but it definitely runs hotter than the other Founders Edition models. So it's a little bit faster. It runs hotter. It uses more power. We already, we already here at PC World said... Look, if you're thinking of a 3070 for 500 bucks, unless you have an ultra fast monitor, maybe get the 3060 Ti instead for 400 bucks, you know, in a world where you could actually buy these things for the bucks you're supposed to. So to tack an extra 5 to 10% more performance on top of the 3070 for an extra 100 bucks beyond that, uh, it just it gets it closer to the AMD Radeon 6800 but it still falls a little bit behind it and I'm just I'm just largely unimpressed like it's it's fine like it feels like a bit of a cash grab to me what do you think Keith um <laughs> the, the, no, no. <laughs> for the most part I I do agree um the the biggest disappointment in my opinion for the card was the thermals um it is quiet it is very mm-hmm. quiet I feel like they could have been quite a bit more aggressive on the fan curve because it was like the fans were barely moving and it is a bigger card than 3070. Like you said, it's the full fat GA 104. Um, G6X pulls a lot more power than I thought it was going to because mm-hmm. I had to rerun and rerun those, those are the power tests because I was like, something doesn't quite seem right there. So I had to rerun it and I like the new design. I like the bigger card than what the 3070 has, but the eight gigs of VRAM, while I didn't run into any issues at 1440p, once you hit 4K, and admittedly, NVIDIA does market this towards 1440p, but a lot of people, and you know this, they're going to buy what they consider entry-level 4K, which would be something like the 6800. It's you know, six hundred dollars. That's what I was saying. It's six hundred dollar graphics card. It's six hundred bucks. So it slots right in there in price and everything between the, the, there's still a good gap there before the 3080. They almost made the 3080 and the 6800 XT from AMD. They almost made those two cards too good for their money Mm -hmm. to to really be able to go around it. 
That's the hard part. If it wasn't for the 3080. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, know. I totally agree. I totally agree. To me, this card, it's in a weird place. That's what I said. I said that right at the top of my review. It's like a weird card because really it doesn't do much more than the 3070. And if you are already stepping up to this, if you spend, you know, save that extra month's worth of money and spend that extra 100 bucks or 600 bucks in today's market, you know, uh, right. the 3080 is a huge leap over this. Like, for where it is, this being 600 bucks, 3070 is 500 bucks, 3080 is 700 bucks. This does not split the performance gap enough to justify yeah. that $100 premium, I think. It was like five that five seventy nine. I know that and there's another product. The sixty eight hundred six right there, five eighty. I think if it had been at the five eighty, it would have been a a lot harder. It would have made the decision between it a lot harder. It, these two cards are really going to come down to is if you're a fourteen forty p gamer or even an ultra wide fourteen forty p, it holds it down just fine. Even whenever I tried to kill the VRAM at ultra wide fourteen forty p, it holds it down just fine. Um, it actually does better at ultra wide because the way Ampere architecture scales, you know, as you go up, it does perform better. So it, it looks more favorable against the 6,800 at ultra wide 30, 3440 by 1440. Um, what you get into then is really is a features race. It's what you end up fighting. You're really in the same boat performance wise, whichever one you go to, it's going to be so close that if you turn off the overlay, you're not going to know which one you're running, but now you've got what software suites do I want to have access to? Yeah. It's a tough spot. Yeah. And my, and what I found, I didn't, I wasn't able to test uh ray trace and DLSS due to time constraints. And because it's basically just the 3070, that's a little bit faster. So, I mean, I didn't feel it was super important to spend all that time. But really, the 6800 overall winds up being a little bit faster in traditional game performance. Not, not massively so, uh, depending on the game, like in Borderlands it is. But in yeah. general, you know, the 6800 is a little bit faster. But NVIDIA has DLSS. NVIDIA has superior ray tracing. NVIDIA has NVENC, all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you are interested in all those kinds of technologies, and those are very much key selling points for a lot of people out there, uh, NVIDIA Reflex is awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. then you might want to lean towards this one. But if you just want to put your graphics card in, play some games, stuff like that, if you're looking for this, you know, price point, I personally would probably lean towards the Radeon. But I would also, like I said, strongly consider stepping way down to the 3060 Ti or stepping up that little bit more and get the 3080. Yeah. I've always, when people ask me about these, the, when the when the Radeon cards were launching and I was looking at over the numbers and after they launched, somebody asked me, it said, it's real easy to look between the 3070 and the 6800. I would lean to the 6800. But once you go past there, but the problem there, like you said, now you're getting so close to the 6800 XT and the 3080, I would lean towards the 3080. I know the VRAM, a lot of people still have a problem with that, but you still, the, the performance is there. And you're, yeah. you know... And you get those other features and the price is so close at that level. It's this card makes it, it, it kind of takes that option. You know, the 3070, it just, it, what they've done is like they, they tend to do over product cycles is fill all of the gaps so that they're always an option. Not that there always is an option so that they like that NVIDIA is always an option. You don't get yep. to a certain price point and go, well, they don't really have anything in that spot but they do, you know? Yep. That's what, to me, this is, this feels more like 
this like if you bought this graphics card you would love it don't get me wrong if you mm-hmm. if, these days you get any graphics card you can if you pick up a 3070 ti it's going to kick ass at 1440p you're going to be able to play a lot of 4k video games with it uh it's going to be great i would be concerned about the eight gigabytes of ram for long-term 4k usage personally i would opt for the 6800 in that scenario but it just feels like if this was a normal world, this card exists much more for NVIDIA than it does as a genuine option that you might want to consider as a gamer. It's just, that's my feeling on the card. Um, real quick, we got a question from uh, Dr. Ian Cutris, Tech Tech Potato, is in the chat, said, uh, did Brad or Keith do any productivity benchmarks, transcoding, CUDA, uh, encoding, things like that? I did not. Nope, me either. No, I wouldn't. A lot of a lot of the push on the higher end cards, and you know, especially for even the thirty eighty, is a dual purpose card for productivity use and a lot of that. You know, it's a good question. It probably is something that should be explored for these for this level, especially with the G six X and how it impacts uh, workflow. Even things like DaVinci Resolve, which is what I use, and other things that are GPU accelerated. So, it's a good call out. Perhaps that'll be a good revisit for somebody. You know, it, Ian's just yeah, we do trying to make uh, people do more work. Sometime. <laughs> yeah, hey, we focus you know. on the gamer first over here. So sometimes <laughs> we do uh, add-on pieces for productivity content. But we tend to, like, we did that with the 3090. We do that with that kind of stuff. But for this card, it's, you know, it was, I was very... Like, it's it's weird. It's a really good graphics card. If you got it, you'd be happy. But I was still like, eh, eh. And so I didn't want to, like, dig that hard into it because it really is just a little bit faster 3070. Um, well, I have a question for you both. Oh. Actually, Go ahead. yeah, I just have a question. And it's based on something that somebody in the chat also said. So uh, Michael Strauss-Kikwis? Sorry, dude. Um, said, you know, in a perfect world, all this discussion about how this slots in against other cards is, you know, based on the MSRP. But given that, for example, the 6800, you can't get for like, I want to say like under 1500 right now because of the scalping and the pricing. Like, how do we, how do you guys feel about the 3070 Ti given that, assuming that it would be more available than the 6800? Oh, I'd buy it. i mean mean, that's the hard part isn't it with us is is that we know we don't do and i I know brad would agree we don't do these reviews and put them out thinking well there it is and everything is perfect so this is just you know we know that the prices are bored for a lack of a better word we know that when things are hitting the secondhand market they're exploding but those prices are so volatile and we don't know how long I, I honestly, I'm going to be honest. I thought the whole crypto boom thing was going to be over months ago. I, I even bet that by the end of February, it would have been over. And by now we would have had some normalcy. Um, but that's like what goes back to what Brad said. If you can get a card, get it. <laughs> you know, don't don't even worry about which one it is. If you can get it and the price isn't fifty more than fifty percent over the MSRP, you're doing great. Yeah, so, and it's particularly talking to the sixty eight hundred. Like AMD's stock supply has been much worse than Nvidia's too, so it makes a lot of sense for Nvidia to put this out for Nvidia. I just it's again, yeah. If it was a normal world, I would be 
not whatsoever interested in this card. Yeah, and I've watched a lot of people get cards over social media and stuff and the sharing and how they got it, and it seems like the launch for the 3080 Ti went a lot... I still couldn't buy one. I've been trying to buy everything that's come out in the past year, and the only thing I got was a 5600X. So I felt good about that. I got something, but no graphics card have I been able to purchase. I've tried to buy every single one that's launched on my own just to see if I could and to help friends out that are trying to get them. Uh, But if, if the LHR and we are running in, I mean, we, if we, anybody keeps up with the crypto scene, you know, we're running up against EIP 1559 with Ethereum. So a lot of those people who are buying cards to mine Ethereum still are hitting the wall for their profit returns before they don't know what's going to happen. So a lot of them are pulling back and these have, and I know what people will, will give it a mess, but they've got the LHR. They're not, they're not great for mining. Uh, you can still mine other things, but they're not going to be as profitable. They're coins that if everybody jumps on them, it'll kill it. Uh, that has curtailed some people. There's a lot of people that are going to just buy whatever. You're, you're not really fighting the miners as much with these as you are the scalpers. So, yeah. And you get that with every launch, but worse now. So we'll yeah, see how we, a, we'll see how tomorrow goes. Yeah, 100%. I have a, a article up on PC where we've talked about a bunch on here before about why graphics cards cost so much right now. It's not just Ethereum either. Like, I went through it in chronological, basically, order, and crypto mining is like the sixth or seventh thing down the list. Like, there's shipping issues, there's supply issues, there's scalpers, there's crazy demand, there's all this stuff. So, yeah. And some people just want to hear that it's just the miners, but you're right, Brad. It's a lot more than just the miners in the whole process. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, real quick, we do have a couple super chats I want to get to. Uh, uh, Amon Deep Singh uh, gave us 100 rupees. Thank you so much. It said uh, in India, the launch MSRP for the 3070 Ti will be around 850 US dollars for the Founders Edition. Uh, so. Some some money. Yeah, some, it's it's ru- it's rough in some other parts of the country. I've heard other countries that, like uh, some of the higher end things, like thirty eighties, were up to like three thousand dollars in some countries, U.S. equivalent, and it's <sighs> that's just wild. <laughs> yeah, you know, crazy. I'll I'll just say those prices are kind of like we planned a family vacation recently. And we wanted to go to the beach, and then I got the prices for the hotels right now. And I said, I don't like the beach that much. Maybe we'll go <laughs> somewhere else. And that's kind of what I would tell people that are facing those because, I don't know, I hate to say go go take a hike, but I literally started hiking. Like that was <laughs> that was literally something that I started trying to do as as some an alternative to how to spend some of my time. So. Uh, Maybe like take it. a break. I like it. Uh, the other mm-hmm. super chats from a friend of the show, uh, Matthew Lang. Happy birthday, uh, birthday boy. Said uh, he gave us a uh, ten dollars and seventy cents. Thank you so much. Uh, and he said Ty <laughs> just wanted to uh, make a donation to say a great job with the one take intro, Brad. Good job. Uh, oh, so thank you very much. Yeah, uh, also, I didn't plan it either. It just came off the top of my head. Yeah, look at that. You didn't have to write it down. Uh, we do have um, a, a couple other comments. Uh, e- Eternal Duo Way. 
yeah, I'm going to say that. Uh, it'd be really interesting to pit a 3070 with a memory overclock against the 3070 Ti. My testing suggests that you can make up a lot of the gap with a modest GDDR6 frequency increase. What do you think? It does overclock yeah. well. Did you get to test that much? Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, uh, no, I did not. Um, that was, yeah, up against the clock time Mm -hmm. all that stuff um i would also ask the question how how much of the gap between the 3080 can we close by overclocking you know that's a it's a two-way street you can Mm -hmm. you know just like uh i did a a piece where i took the 6800 and i turned smart access memory on and i overclocked the snot out of it and it came within like two percent of a 6800 xt without smart access memory at stock speeds but if you did the same thing to the six, you know, it's, 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 yeah, but that is a, that is a valid question because that is something that enthusiasts will tend to do, including myself. I mean, there was a time I wanted a 7970, uh, HD 7970, but that was too much money, but I could get the 7950 and overclock the snot out of it or even like a 670, you know, just, you know how that goes. Um, I don't know how much is left in the tank. The one thing I'm interested in doing with this thing is seeing how efficient that I can make it because the the other cards undervolt and overclock better than they just overclock or they run out of the box. So yeah. I'm interested in this. And uh, it blows my mind because that used to be an AMD thing that you would do with like Polaris and Vega would go in there and undervolt it. But with these Ampere cards, it's so much headroom you know i run my personal turned right so i run my 3080 undervolted and running at 1750 megahertz now i know i could run it higher but i leave it locked there and i leave the fans at a modest fan curve and it pulls 180 watts while i'm gaming and gets about 58 degrees under full load while That's gaming at 3044 so i keep asking why with each launcher we not seeing these numbers get better with that and all I can think is it's a lot like what was happening with uh, like Vega and Polaris is you, you got it, it's the yields. So you got to be able to make sure all of them run. So you can't yep. just tune each one. So that's where it's up to the end user to want to go in there and really tweak with it. So beauty of the PC. <laughs> I uh, love that part. <laughs> uh, we got a $5 super chat from VC gesture. Thank you so much. Said, uh, Keith, did you run out of time or were you having too much fun with FPV? Uh, colony out there. Uh, I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm just, I'm jealous. <clears throat> um, it's been I, raining. <laughs> I, I got, I got a question from somebody who, <laughs> you know, I, I know some, uh, some other people, uh, have said this before, but you know, uh, I think it's good to, to ask it again. Um, Hey, uh, from Alex D, uh, tell me why I need to see the review of a video card which will never appear in the shops. Well, why Why did you even review will, these cards? It will appear in shops sometimes. There are still, even though demand is crazy, uh, even though it's very hard to get these right now, there are, you know, millions of these things. Not necessarily this one skew, but as a generation, there are millions of these things out there. You can't get them right now. I can't get them right now. People are getting them. If people, those people are miners, once the bottom falls out, they're going to show up uh, on the secondhand market. You know, you're going to be able to start buying these new once they do come out. So I think it's always just good to have information out there so that people know what to expect from these things. Even if you personally can't use it today, like me, I probably at this point 
it's kind of a bummer writing these graphics card reviews right now because I know personally I wouldn't even really I would skim them possibly at best if I was in your shoes people who are listening like there's no chance I'm getting this I just I want to give me the TLDR uh, mm-hmm. but that info needs to be out there so that people know what they're getting correct and the more the better and I know that a lot of people get mad when they see 50 reviews go live on day one and I get it especially in the current scenario but and the hopes are and even with me and Brad even though we did different reviews we have different games that we test. We test in different ways. You can see more than just one. I always tell people, even when they're like, well, what do you think? I, was like, I think this, but you should go around and look and see what, you know, see what Brad has to say. See what some of the other YouTubers have to say. See how, how it shakes out. Look for the games that you're playing that you want to play. You know, if you don't care about Dirt 5, who cares what it performs like? You know? True. I, I actually, I do wish more games had built-in benchmarks. So uh, benchmarking is... Is fun. I wish there was more options. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can you can do it manually. It just it takes a lot more effort. True. True. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, so, any, anything else on on this review review specifically, or should we uh, switch over to its bigger brother? Eh. I mean, you know, again, I gave it a pretty man review in a normal world. Eh. But it's not a normal world. Don't get bent out of shape. Like, listen to what I'm saying, like, from the product stack point. Like, yeah, if you can get a 3080, do that instead. If you can get a 3060 Ti or a 3070, I would recommend doing that instead. But if this is all you can get, get that card and hug it and enjoy the hell out of it. It's it's still a very good graphics card for what it is. So even though I'm negative on it for where it falls in the product stack, if this is the card you can get, do not be disappointed in it. You won't be disappointed in it. It kicks butt. Yeah, and one of the problems that you run into with cards that slot in between things is it really is hard to make them exciting or get excited about it because you, you already knew before the reviews came out that it was between these two cards. You knew where it was going to be. There was, there wasn't going to come out and magically be faster than the 3080. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but you knew it wasn't going to be slower than the 3070. So it is hard to, it's, it's where it falls in there on that little slider is what you really want to know. And like Brad said, it holds up well against its competition. And say holds up. It doesn't just, there's no like, oh my God, it beat the pants off of. No, it holds mm-hmm. up. It has features that the other one doesn't. The other one has more memory. It has some it features. It's, there's, you're going to have to, in a perfect world, it would be a really hard pick between the two. But in today's world, it's whatever you can get. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of whatever you can get, uh, Brad, uh, I know you, you haven't got a formal review up yet, but you've done some testing of uh, a third-party 3080 Ti. Uh, yes, sir. Take us off. Uh, so yeah, I figured we'd just talk about that real quick. Uh, the 3080 Ti. We talked about the Founders Edition. I think last week, maybe the week before. It was last week. It's been a long few weeks. Let me tell you. Uh, and it was basically, you know, almost a 3090. It's basically a 3090 for gamers, 12 gigabytes of GDDR6 memory, you know, virtually like just behind the 3090 in performance. Uh, so I've been testing, again, I don't have the review up yet. Hopefully that's this week or early next week. Uh, the EVGA for the Win 3. So their high-end flagship version uh, of the 3080 Ti. And... 
that card is essentially a 3090 killer. If you are looking to play video games with your graphics card, if you're not looking to do content creation, if you're not looking to do all those extra other stuff, uh, this card comes with the factory overclock out of the box. Uh, it draws a lot more power, uh, but it lands it right there with the 3090 Founders Edition stock. So you could always, you know, overclock a 3090 and make it even faster. But out of the box, the EVGA 3080 Ti for the Win 3 is 1400 bucks. I think, is what they landed on for the MSRP. So not that much of a discount compared to the 3090. But, you know, 100 bucks is 100 bucks again, in a world where these bucks are what we said they were. Uh, and it gets you 3090 performance flat out. Boom. Like, there's a couple games where it still winds up a few frames per second behind the 3090 Founders Edition. But between the overclock, it has a big triple slot cooler, unlike the Founders Edition. The Founders Edition RTX 3080 Ti is a dual slot card, which is really cool in some aspects because you don't normally see cards that powerful in dual dual slot model but it does also definitely hold it back because you know smaller cards have more limited cooling capacity and this card it just yeah it makes it a 3090 basically with half the memory uh i highly would recommend it if your power supply holds up to it because let me take a peek at this number right here this is a lot easier when i've already written the review rather than just have a big raw spreadsheet uh so the Founders Edition in our power test, 3080 Ti uses 526 watts for the full system, not just the card. Oh. I measure full okay. system power draw. <laughs> <laughs> <Your face. laughs> so yeah, I measure the full system just to get, to get the feel for you know what it is. Uh, that's 526. The 3090 Founders Edition draw system draws 536, so 10 watts more. This EVGA for the Win 3 3080 Ti draws 628, so 100 Ooh. more watts. Ooh, man. So if you uh, are fine with that, then this is a 3090 killer even more so. That makes me actually excited to finally get this thing going. It's Look at this. Look how big this thing is. This, this, this is ridiculous. Oh, that is Which one is that? This is, is that the Vulcan. Horse? No, this is the um, colorful Vulcan X with the little screen that flips up. <laughs> what? It, I've seen that. It's so heavy. I got to put it down. I'm not. <laughs> Hands cramping. Hands cramping. Dang. But, but yeah, in our Founders Edition review, I had said, look, I mean, it's kind of cool that it's a dual slot card. Because uh, that'll fit in the mini ITX systems and stuff that 3090 never ever will. But the cooler is probably holding this thing back. And it's cool to see that that is indeed the case. So if you are on the market for a 3080 Ti, I would probably recommend, if you're fine with that extra power draw, uh, looking for a third party card. Because the bigger coolers, the more power limits, the stuff like that, it does make a difference it's still these cards are still not cards that you probably want to buy for 99.9 percent of people this is not just a one percent card these are the 0.1 percent cards especially with the scalped prices but yeah and, and, and a lot of gpus these days you don't see much extra performance going from reference to custom because the boost algorithms are so good these days but you do definitely see it going from the founder's edition to custom cards with the 3080 ti 
Yeah, that's good to see because I know on the the whenever I was looking at it, mine had seemed like it had a, a BIOS limit to seventy five degrees on the core, so it would just drop the uh, clock speed. Would drop. It always stayed over the boost clock that was on the box, you know, in the spec sheet. But it definitely went from like it was about a couple hundred megahertz that it dropped. So like, I mean, that's roughly ten percent clock speed at those rates. So if you can yep. get that back in a aftermarket bigger cooler. Yeah, it's going to genuinely make a performance difference. Yep, it it really does. And again, value is a relative term. Uh, we got some heat for my review because I did say, hey, I took it from a slightly more positive lens than some people out there. Like a lot of people are like, this is garbage. You shouldn't buy this, uh, which is not true uh, for the 3080 Ti. I was looking at it from a, this is a 3090, but cheaper. Whereas a lot of the coverage is you should get a 3080. This is rid- ridiculous. I still look at this EVGA card from that same lens, that same perspective. Like if you are already the person who is like, okay, I'm willing to go spend four figures on a graphics card uh, before scalping prices. This is a good option. It's still a hundred dollars less than the 3090 founders edition. It gets you just as much performance. It gets you all the extra features, you know, the dual bioses. It gets you the fan headers. It gets you the RGB, all that kind of stuff for a hundred dollars less than you would get for the reference 3090 models. So if you look at it from that lens, it's a good value. If you look at it from the fact that, you know, 99% of people, if you're in this market, would probably be fine with the 3080 for a whole lot less instead then it's not. 3080 too strong. <laughs> actually uh brad and, and maybe maybe you cover this uh sorry i i, I was actually text texting with our, our merch vendor uh talking about uh, uh 4x sizes for the polo shirts and I, I know uh we had evocati productions asking about them so uh sorry about that i, I was texting um where does the the founders edition 3080 ti now that you've at least had this card does the founders edition 3080 ti have like a a, a uh, is there a reason somebody would get that over this one other than price, of course? Uh, well, one being sheer availability. No. Yeah, sheer availability, <laughs> like we were talking about with the 37Ti, buy any card that you can get. Uh, two, the fact that it's beautiful. I mean, aesthetics play out into a lot of people's tastes, and that Founders Edition design, I love it. But the big draw is that dual slot design. Like, it being the Founders Edition, there'll probably be water blocks for it. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if you don't need a water block, if you have a smaller system, a mini ITX system, I know Optimum Tech did a build with the 3080 Ti inside the mini ITX system, and that simply was not possible for. So that's a good reason to go for the Founders Edition. Okay, that makes sense. It's right. definitely an enthusiast niche. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, and anything else on the 3080 Ti's? And. and in- Anything coming down the pike on no, that? One thing I find interesting testing these things is uh, in some games, they're actually a little bit faster than the 3090, even though they have the cut-down GPU core and half the memory. So I wonder if it has something to do with the power involved because it has so much less GDDR6. I'm not sure, but yeah. I just find it interesting that it's a cut-down die that can sometimes be a little bit faster than the 3090, which is not something you see pretty much ever. A lot of power in those G6X modules. Yeah. <laughs> nice um well you know as we're talking about these gpus there, there are f- extra features that you would want to uh to buy in uh to to get one brand over the other 
I know there's been some talk. We obviously haven't tested it. It's not out yet, but uh, Fidelity FX Super Resolution was announced at Computex last week. Uh, and I know at least uh, in our Discord uh, and in other places, there's been a lot of chatter of like, well, how, what is, what, what exact, what technology is it working off of and how does it stack up and compare to DLSS? Once again, we haven't done testing, but we can at least maybe talk about it from a, a theoretical perspective, right? Do you want to take the lead on this, Keith, or you want me to do it? You can go ahead. Sure. I talked about it a bit last week. Yeah. Um, so Fidelity FX Super Resolution, or FSR, and DLSS. Uh, first off, they're very different technologies. We know that. Um, but some of the audience may... The, the big problem that I see a lot of people doing is trying to directly compare them. And the biggest comparison that you get is the end result, right? It It's kind of like you know, trying to compare a plane to a train to a car and they're all going to the same location. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's hard to say that a train is an alternative to an airplane because they're very different reasons to use each one. And I know that some people would say, Keith, that's dumb, but it is, you have to think of them very differently because one of them is a, um, machine learning algorithm. It's machine learning based. That's the deep the DL and DLSS. So it's able to take some training. There's a process to it. I don't have all the steps in front of me, so I don't want to get them all out of whack, but it takes a lower resolution image, right? And it uses uh, some machine learning to reconstruct it on the fly to get as close to native. And then sometimes it's able to get some effects sharper than native resolution. Uh, whereas, the uh, FSR is using, and it's an upscaler. So they both, re you know, are taking a, a lower resolution image and making it as close as they can to the native resolution with doing some enhancements. But FSR, from best we can tell so far, is using spatial reconstruction. Yep. And a they, lot they, of people, they flat out said that to us. Yeah. So, so yeah. and a lot of people will try and compare that to checkerboard rendering that's used on previous generation consoles. So it has its strengths and its drawbacks. Some people can see it right away. Some people struggle to tell the difference. Um, it just, for me, it, it at the end of the day, the image needs to look better with a toggle than what I can do with a couple tweaks. And I think everybody agreed early on DLSS suffered from that with the first one. So when it launched on uh, Metro Exodus, Battlefield, um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I was even one of the first people that the first thing I was looking at was the frame rate ticker. And I was going, oh, look at that. It went fast. And then, I, you know, and I would look glance at, at it. And, yeah. And it, well, it really didn't stick out till I looked at a, a comparison. So whenever I started comparing the images these days with DLSS 2.0, it's very good. And while you can find some hints of differences, it's a very, very good uh, reconstruct, you know, uh, you know, deep learning super sampling <laughs> technique. So there's going to be growing pains with FSR. I hope that they set up a good, um, I'm trying to think of the word, expectation level. You know, right now we've, we've seen some things and it's quite vague. You know, one of the images that was used at Computex was literally just a picture and yep. it had just lines over it and said, here's the performance differences. And it showed this huge number 
And then the next slide was like, you know, up to 2X performance in performance mode at 4K, you know, whereas the other slide showed these like really gargantuan numbers. So um, as a technology, I'm excited for it. I think it's, I think it's needed. I think, I, I think if it's easy to implement, good. If the image is good at the end, good enough. I don't expect perfection but it needs to be good enough. Uh, it needs to look, in my opinion, it needs to look better than me being able to go to 85% screen resolution with sharpening enabled. It needs to look yep. better than that. That's yep. And that was the issue with DLSS 1.0. Like you mm-hmm. can get better results by doing exactly that. Yeah, I call it the 85% rule. I mean, you can you can claw <laughs> back a lot of performance on older graphics cards at any resolution by doing that, and you'll be hard-pressed to see a difference. There are games that are inherently more, you know, sensitive to it. Um, I know we're a couple weeks away from getting our first look at it. Uh, I know we know Godfall. They've already, in, you know, been advertising with this, but we haven't seen the official games up front that are going to have it. The hard part, Brad, and you know this is coming, the direct comparisons. I think yeah. it's going to take a lot before we can look at e- both of them in the same title. It's... It's going to be hard to try to do it from a numbers-based analysis, I think. Like, you're going to have to have the numbers as part of it. Like, yes, this does 25% faster, this is 30% faster, whatever. But the issue with this kind of technology is that so much of it is experiential. And even when we were talking with uh, Scott Herkelman in the pre-briefing before the Computex note, he's like, yeah, this is, you know, pretty, pretty similar to native resolution, he's saying. And when things are in motion, I mean, you can't tell. And... Those sound like outs, but that is 100%. Like, that matters. Like, uh, I forget the name of the term, but there was a technology that NVIDIA used where basically, because you're looking at the center of the screen, uh, the edges of the rendering. Screen. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like they had, they had a marketing rendering. term. They had a marketing term for it, though. But that dramatically enhanced frame rates in that game. Uh, and I found it didn't take anything away from the experience, even though if you take a screenshot, you can look at it and go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's definitely pixely in that bush in the corner in Shadow Warrior 2 it was. Uh, but when you're playing the game because your focus is on the middle, it didn't take away from the experience for me. And yeah. I think there is going to be probably some blurriness or image alteration evident with FSR. There is as well with DLSS if you look close enough. Yeah, uh, it's going to depend on how obvious that is and whether it detracts from the experience. And that's the hard part to measure and evaluate and compare against. Multi-res shading is what you were thinking. Yes, yes, and that is correct. That is fantastic technology because, like you said, you're in a shooter, you're focused towards the reticle and the edge of your screen can be rendered at a, a lower resolution and... Sorry, I got to turn my phone over. Somebody keeps messaging me, trying to mess with me. Um, but your your user interface stays full resolution. Just the game kind of fades off into a lower resolution, and it made huge strides in performance. And it was Shadow Warrior Two that did it because yeah. super fast paced shooter. Uh, you give up some of that sharpness around the edges. Focus it on there. An AMD Radeon Boost with VRS does good. that now. Yeah, and yeah, it does that now. Good. So Borderlands 3 with boost will with variable rate shading will keep a, a blob 
in the middle with part of your weapon and everything. And as you move, everything else will drop. And it does it with Cyberpunk 2077 as well. Really cool technologies. I see a lot of these kind of marrying together, like coming together as a big happy family with FSR to try and work through a lot of that. So we'll get more details on that. Yeah, I do as well. I, I think it's super cool, all these various technologies. It's the same with like content adaptive shading and stuff like that. Just the idea of rendering less that, that you don't, the eye doesn't focus on as much. Uh, but that is going to be the tricky part to me for evaluating this. It's going to probably have to be done on video rather than still images because still images really aren't going to tell the story because it's going to be experiential and it really is. Well- and and the hard yeah, part on video one. is then also, but you're 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 showing compare or at least you know we upload to YouTube. YouTube does its own compression, so it's like even yeah. even I would be like, oh well, you know, I'm yeah. getting some pixelation there. Somebody would be like, well, this looks like crap, and it's like, oh okay, well, you know, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely a hard thing yeah. if you can't experience it yourself for sure. Kind of, kind of like audio. Uh, the the thing for me is that I tell you what, between all this, between ray tracing, between DLSS, between smart access memory, it's a lot. It's getting very tricky to review graphics cards these days. It is equal playing field. It is. I mean, for example, um, Brad, you don't have smart access memory or resizable bar enabled in your reviews, right? Yes, I do not. See, I had both of them. I had them enabled on all of mine. And I did it because I knew there would be places that did it the other way. And it offers an alternative view with, if these technologies were enabled because there's, they're so complex now. I mean, there are people out there that don't care about DLSS and they only want to see performance without it. And then there's some people who do care about it and they don't want to see it without it. You know, I had somebody tell me like, I bought a 3080. I'm going to use the technologies that it comes with. Why would I not use them? And I was like, yep. You know, so it's, <clears throat> it's a lot going on a lot of moving well, pieces now that didn't used to be the case well and i think uh for me too I, it, it really comes down to implementation and it comes down to what you're willing to sacrifice right everyone has a different level to be like okay you know like like what kind of quality is it going to sacrifice i mean and and the, or at least for dlss because you know I, i've 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 used plenty of that uh, for ray tracing and, and even not ray tracing stuff. But, uh, you know, there, there are even times where I, I think about, um, uh, death stranding where the actual DLS DLSS version of the 4k was better than the native version of 4k. Uh, I, I don't remember the details of how it got there, but that's not, that's not every title. So even DLSS, uh, is like very specific per game. I think the same thing will happen. And, and one of the things that keeps getting brought up in the chat is that, hey, at least uh, at least super resolution is is open source versus DLSS, which which is is, uh, you know, proprietary to NVIDIA. I, yes. Right. I mean, that, that that's the idea. But also the developers need to buy in. They, it needs. It, it's not like you can just toggle super resolution on any game and boom, it's done. Uh, it, it, it has to be it has to be the developers to still do the work. Uh, and also, uh, the, especially when it comes to the NVIDIA stuff, I know I, I saw a lot of chat, uh, you know, of like, Hey, I, was it Scott who, who got back on Twitter? I can't remember. And said something about the, when they showed off the, the 1060 or the 1070, uh, he's like, Hey, you know, yeah, this is, this is if somebody wants to implement it, we, we just tried it for this one thing. Uh, so. Yeah. yeah. Which makes sense. I don't, I wouldn't expect in AMD to do things to develop for NVIDIA and NVIDIA to do these things to develop for AMD. So at least support their competitors 
products, you know, um, that makes sense. The problem with the problem with it being in, in, I like open, we all like open. No, I don't want, before I say this next thing, I don't want anybody to think that there's I'm <laughs> saying anything negative about open products. The only problem that you run into when things are super open is do they get left out in the field? NVIDIA DLSS is their baby and they're proud of that baby and they want to show that baby to everyone. And, and rightfully so. Yeah. And the, then it comes down to exactly. And then it comes down to how far does AMD go with, and I think they should, I mean, I think they should be, they should be just as proud and they should be showing it off just as much, but it comes down to, like you said, developer implementation. How easy is it to integrate is if it is easier. I mean, we, we hear it's easier. Um, but NVIDIA has got a lot of development staff that goes and helps these studios and they do a lot of the legwork for them. So if you're a smaller studio and somebody's going to send you a developer or a dev kit, you know, yep. these are things to think about. These are just yep. things I, these are the things I think I, about when I hear it. One of the, one of the benefits, I agree hundred percent with everything you just said. Uh, one of the benefits of it being open is we're already starting to hear rumblings. I think Microsoft put out a statement. They didn't say it'll be coming to the Xbox Series X, but they said they're excited to talk more about this in the future kind yes. of a deal. I believe they said on IGN. Uh, and Raja Kaduri, who mm-hmm. used to be the head of Radeon at AMD and is now in charge of graphics at Intel, among other things, uh, <laughs> said, we're checking this out. Like, this is pretty cool. Can't wait to try it out. So there's already, you know, that's yeah. Intel, that's Microsoft. There's, if it's everyone but NVIDIA who's adopting this, that gives it much greater odds. And I think that's what AMD is obviously playing for. But DLSS yeah. has a lot of steam behind it right now. Now it's integrated into Unreal Engine. Now it's it's a lot easier to hook in than it used to be. And we're starting to see a lot more games come out with it now that DLSS 2.0 kicks butt. Uh, so it's going to be a battle. And I am, uh, I'm all here for it. <laughs> and a lot of games are just slipping it in like they're yeah. not even announcing it like uh the new system shock has it and there was never even an announcement about that early on i was playing I the demo and was like <laughs> oh yeah i was playing the demo and i was like going through the options like dlss when did that get in here <laughs> you know and even games like uh, a medieval have it and mm-hmm. i'm telling you that's one of the games if you haven't played a medieval and you like boomer shooters it's a oh, great yeah. one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> And it's a game that genuinely looks really good with all of the effects turned on. I didn't think, you know, I was like ray tracing and a pixelated shooter. And then I turned it on. It works. Like, oh. It's like, oh, the, <laughs> the, the, the atmosphere and the lighting. I don't know. I like, I'm a boomer shooter lover. So I love <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, this, this is a multi-part question. I'll get to the, the other part uh, in the, the, the Q&A. But um, Boria Zero on Discord was asking, uh, will Lumen kill off RTX? Uh, that's the Unreal Technology that's, uh, sorry, engine, yeah, I believe. That's, yeah, that's uh, the Unreal one. Yeah, the one at Unreal 5. Uh, the issue with that is it's limited to Unreal Engine. I mean, Unity, yeah. there's, you know, uh, the name of it's escaping me right now, but EA's one, the one that's in Battlefield and everything. Like, they, Unreal is not the only engine. It's a big engine, but it's not the only engine out there. And Lumen, it is limited in indirect lighting. But it's good. It's great. I think more options. Um, this is a start. I mean, these things, they develop, they roll out, and they get better, and they get better, and they get better. And I don't... Uh, DXR is still a thing. You know, I think a lot of people... Man, talk about great marketing. And people can say what they want to, but I see people who are hardcore, 
like Radeon fanboys still referring to ray tracing as RTX. It was genius, genius marketing. <laughs> you know, because every, like I said, these are people that I know can't stand NVIDIA to save their life. And they're still openly referring to DXR and Vulcan ray tracing as RTX. And I'm like, it's, yeah. <laughs> so, Honestly, when it comes to that marketing, I know that there is a lot of um, upset commentary, shall we say, when people, you know, discovered that the whole uh, demo with the GTX 1060 and, uh, you know, FSR was not, you know, officially supported. And I was like, just wait, they did it with FreeSync. There's going to be some point where if everyone else in the industry cottons on to this, NVIDIA is going to come in and then somehow co-opt it for themselves. Yeah, oh, you mean like and GC then it'll compatible? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, actually, That's that what just... I've been thinking this whole time. Where it's like, just give it a couple of years. Just give it a couple of years. <laughs> what if, what if yeah, people start implementing uh, FSR on NVIDIA cards and then NVIDIA tries to rebrand that as something that they have? <laughs> ELSS exactly. compatible. Yeah, that's right. what I think. Like, if you can get enough groundswell for it, I think it's going to happen. Oh my goodness! It'll, it's going to. Things are getting interesting. The graphics card space is outside of the, the the supply chain issues, and everybody, everyone is dealing with supply chain issues. I can't even get drone parts that I want right now, and the ones that I can get, I'm paying almost double for. So I I am moving into a new place right now, and I had to buy a car. And the cars are expensive as heck. TVs are expensive as heck. Furniture's like everything. It's not just tech. Lumber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk about lumber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, let's talk about Lumbercast. Uh, I, yeah, ju- we're now I just I just bought some. So <laughs> uh, it, nice. It hurt. <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's uh, let's switch over to viewer, viewer crew and I'm sure there will be more talk about FSR once uh, once it officially launches. Um, but yeah, let's switch over there. Uh, if you have a question, please get them in the chat, uh, at PC world. That's the, kind of the best way to see it. Uh, if you're listening to this after the fact or, or on audio form, uh, go over to our discord. We have a, a full nerd question section. That's the bl- best place to put them. Uh, and I'll get to them on the next show. So, uh, the first couple ones, uh, are super chat related. South Memphis just gave us $5, uh, and, and a little sticker, the uh, drop the mic sticker. Uh, I, I like it. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> Mike Quinn gave us $35 at the top of the show. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Uh, and so I've been holding on to it uh, for the Q&A section. said, can the NVIDIA GV100 GPU be used for gaming or mining? It has 32 gigs of VRAM. Uh, I know NVIDIA does not really optimize those four games. Though That's a data center card. It's or, a quadro, yep. And they don't, yeah. Have, have you heard uh, of people loading game ready chargers on? Possibly run a game on there. Which not really. I mean, they're much more expensive typically, so that's not a thing people would typically do. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Like, I would think it's a graphics card you could run it, but drivers don't quite work like that. So, I, I, I would, I would think you may be able to run it, but it definitely wouldn't be optimized like the way the game ready drivers are. Yeah. You'd probably drop down a tier or two in actual performance yeah. in gaming. Hmm. You'd be very power efficient, though. 
And then you undervolt it, and no. <laughs> <laughs> that's where all the undervolted dies went. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then Ruru Two says uh, they uh, he he thinks that they use e- ECC memory, which might make it slower as well. So, um, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, next question from uh, Dave Weldon. Uh, this was earlier. Uh, are we seeing industry acceptance of twelve hundred dollar plus GPUs, even without shortages? Meaning. In, in the future, are, are the prices here to stay? Yep. It bums yeah. me out. What sucks is I don't mind there being $1,200 graphics cards. Like, if there's a market for things, fill that market, right? If you can make something crazy and sell it for a bunch of money, sell it for a bunch of money. What stinks to me is how the whole pricing of the whole stack has been creeping up and up and up and up and up. Like, for the 3070 Ti that we're talking about today... Uh, it's $600 MSRP for the Founders Edition. NVIDIA compared it in its reviewer's guide against the 2070 Super, which people liked because it was the price that the 2080 should have been at the time. But that was $500, so that was $100 less. And if you go back a generation before that, the GTX 1070 Ti was $450. And we're seeing that at all levels of the, of the price tag, especially up towards the higher end. Uh... I do think twelve. I do think four figure cards are here to stay. I hope that you know they start being additive at the top rather than everything creeping upwards. But I, I, I suspect that the price hike that Nvidia worked in with the RTX twenty series is here to stay for both Radeon and GeForce Now. Yeah, like GeForce Now, the service. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, um. I, I'm with you, Brett. I don't mind there being a super high-end, like, you know, King Kong card out there. But I do miss seeing a good option for the two to $300 guy. Yeah. And, and those cards have stayed relatively linear over the past five years, it seems like. When did Polaris and Pascal start? It was 2016, wasn't it? 2016. Yeah. Yep. And the performance in the two to three hundred dollar price tier has stayed very linear. Even the sixteen sixties were just a little bit better than the ten sixties. The fifty five hundred XT was a a five eighty with you know less power. It was worse. Fifty six. <laughs> yeah, the, I would I would probably argue that the best one of the best cards to come out in the mid two two hundred two to three hundred dollar price tag price point was the fifty six hundred XT mm-hmm. for that. But that's one card in since those launched. Those guys yeah, need some love. It's it seems to me like uh both 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 teams there, uh, AMD and NVIDIA, are kind of treating those what used to be the sweet spot, the mainstream spot. Uh you would used to see improvements on that generation on generation, like you're saying. But it feels to me like they kind of stuck it now to all right, you can get sixty frames per second at ten eighty P a little bit above. And that's yeah. just what that's going to be. We're going to update it just enough so you can still get your 60 frames per second at 1080p. And everything else is moving ahead in leaps and bounds. But yeah. that segment is just, hey, if you want to spend 250 bucks, you're playing 1080p. Mm. If, the, if the 3060 had come out at 299 I would have been screaming from the rooftops that mm. this is the card to get, like, upgrade now. Get off of Polaris. Get off of Pascal. But it was, I mean, 330 was still... And it's thirty. It's ten percent more, but then the AIBs were like, "Nah, we want the big boy version of it." And yeah. you might as well have bought a thirty sixty Ti or Ti. <laughs> yeah. no, don't even get to that. <laughs> That's a whole separate conversation. Yeah. We I'm ignoring have those questions. Graphics cards. Yeah, uh, we do have um, 
uh, deep pocket, uh, Gordon Deep Pockets Ung in the chat. I uh, said to max profit for for profit companies will be what you pay for it. Uh, it essentially, it's saying, true. It's that's what people are paying right now. So you know, they're a company. They're they're not it's our the friends. Market. They're they're not here to 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 be our friends. They're here to make money. So yeah, if the market can bear it. Yeah. You know. But for what it's worth, I mean, John Petty, who is uh, very popular, not very popular, very well established, been around for a long time, graphics analyst. Uh, he just put out a thing this week saying, hey, you know, don't push it too hard, NVIDIA and AMD. Like, yes, people want all this right now, but you don't want to oversupply kind of a deal, too. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a balance. It's a balance. I think after this generation and seeing what people are willing to pay for these cards, I wouldn't be surprised if prices actually continue to creep up even more. Hmm. And Santiago uh, yeah. Joshua Torre says, uh, Intel is unfortunately our last hope. Uh, they're... Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Intel's going to make their money. <laughs> yeah. Intel's going to make their money. Intel's not your friend either. <laughs> uh, but They're yeah. companies, guys. They, w- their goal is to try and offer you the most compelling product for the money. You know, and, and sometimes they hit it and sometimes they don't. Yeah. There will yeah. reach a point, though, like, or there could reach a point where if you go to go too far and people stop buying them. Like, in a sane world, most people probably would not buy a 3070 Ti, uh, in which case they would price adjust down. It's just how supply and demand works. I just I, I think it's going to be higher than it used to be. Okay. Uh, let's, get, let's, sad, get to, yeah. let's get to some more questions. Uh, so the second part of Bory Zero's question is, uh, uh, is uh, yeah, uh, or I'm just going to read it. Uh, will Will the reviewers finally learn to judge projects uh, products on what they do rather than hyping up talking points? I wonder how many touring GPUs sold on hope of playing all them non-existent uh, ray tracing games uh, with subpar performance in the ones that got released. How long before NVIDIA makes up another BS technology and feeds it to the tech press? How, tell, tell us how you really well, feel. Well, that is a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I, for what it's worth, uh, I always tell you on this show, I tell people in real life, people ask me on Twitter, I tell them, buy for what your card can do right now. Uh, you never, there's always promised stuff. If you remember back in the day with the RX 480, 580, they're like, yeah, DirectX 12 is coming. These cards are going to be great at that. And it is now, but by the time DirectX 12 games, a lot of them came out that could take advantage of that architecture that really was good for that. Like, you probably already upgraded from that graphics yeah. card. You always got to buy for what you think you do right now. Uh, two, just on a personal level, I very much drove home the point that all this stuff looks super cool. I would still love to see a beef game that's ray traced. I've been saying that since the first time I saw it. Uh, I was one of the ones who, like, I was the one who pointedly, at, when they announced that at Gamescom in Germany, the RTX 20 series, I'm the one who asked, so what games can I play on day one? When I go buy this card with ray tracing, what can I buy? And they said, there's not going to be any. They weren't going to say that just because I asked that question. And I put that in my review, and I did a separate article on it. That is our jobs as reviewers. It's to make you guys know what's going on, to give you clear-headed advice, stuff like that. I try to do that personally. I can't speak for anybody else, but I can tell you that at least I am trying to do that in what way that I can for you guys. Cause really like that's why I'm here. So 
Nice. No, uh, it's very, very good. But and, and Borea Zero, uh, he's in the chat right now. Uh, says uh, <laughs> it was a hundred percent not aimed at Brad. So, uh. <laughs> oh, it was aimed at yeah. me. Yeah, it, it was, <laughs> oh, exactly. Yes, yeah, or, yeah. or maybe the chair you're sitting in, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, oh, oh, not the literal chair. Not the literal. Um, chair. Unless Gordon's there with you. Uh. <laughs> I mean, he's in, uh, he's in the chat, <laughs> right? It's one thing to speak to what the plans are, but you shouldn't be making purchasing decisions, like Brad said, on things that aren't available. Uh, the 20 series was that kind of point, you know, and a lot of people, including myself, I think, learned a lot through that entire cycle because I was still at the time. I'm going to speak for me here in this one. Again, I'm not going to speak to other reviewers, but I was still fairly new in the review cycle. I had barely come into doing proper reviews with the fury line and then going into even like I would still had trouble getting with companies to even work with me for sampling. So I was buying a lot of the stuff that I was reviewing still and trying to learn it and learn to step. And it is one thing to have like a section where you talk about what those, what the, what the new features are of that, because they, regardless if they're available at the time or not, they are what the company is selling, but you shouldn't evaluate it and off of anything, but what it can do at the time. So in the 20 series review, there were no, there were no ray tracing games. There was no DLSS. There were some demos and they showed promise, but until you saw it in games, you didn't know what you were going to be working with. Um, I think a lot of people learn to back down off of the potential hype, and that's why people have kind of scaled back and talked about what can we see with it. And that's why, as excited as I am for FSR, I'm not trying to get overly done because I have stepped into that pile of crap and I've had to clean it off my shoe. So um, a lot of those things do exist now, so yes, we can look at them now, but... It was if anyone, including myself, took into consideration things that didn't exist at the time as part of the review, that was a bad move. I just I actually just pulled up my 2080 review, and the intro is like, these aren't like any of the graphics cards. NVIDIA built these for the future, so much so that we're going to take the unusual step of not even rendering a verdict today. So we usually score all of our things. It took me six months after the fact before I even put a score on that review simply because it didn't have retrace and DLSS available. So that's, again, like we've been talking about a couple times for whatever reason. You want to go around. You want to look at different reviewers. You want to find the ones who really are looking out for you and not just regurgitating or not experienced enough to know that they shouldn't just take this on faith. So, yeah, look around. And and that actually applies to a lot of tech, right? Always always buy for what, yeah. what you mm-hmm. have now. Um, we have a, yep. they, they want me to pronounce her name as Steve, I think, uh, cause I'm not even going to try that one. Uh, and says, uh, what, what kind of graphics card would you recommend for someone who is doing 3d rendering and 3d modeling and wants to game a bit in 4k? Uh, I would do, it depends on your memory needs. I mean, the obvious answer that NVIDIA marketing would like us to tell you. And my own testing is a 3090 if you need all that memory. But, you know, if you get a 3080 or something like that, you'll be doing good. Yeah. And if, you, if you, you're if you using something that uses optics or anything that is going to be inherently beneficial on the 
G4 side, then yeah, you'll want to go that route. If you don't, your options are open. Then you get a card with the most memory that you can for the least amount of money, which would be something like the 6800. So it's right here, you know, 16 gigs. But productivity performance is like even much more so than games, very application dependent. So if you know yeah. what you are looking specifically to do, I would go out and look specifically for benchmarks for that application with the cards you're considering. But Bingo. yeah. Nice. That's it. Uh, it's a it's a tough one. <laughs> uh, we'll get we'll get to a couple more before before we head out. But uh, I did uh, I, I had to put a little reminder for myself. Uh, Frank PDX forty two gave us a twenty dollars super chat last week, and I did not read it. So here I am reading it. Uh, he wanted to thank us for the advice that we gave him. Uh, Gordon, especially, uh, he ended up getting a uh, Razer laptop with an i seven eleven eight hundred and an RTX 3080 mobile and uh, seems to be happy with it. So, yeah. That uh, yeah, sounds like a pretty awesome rig hey, you got there. Hey, lots of people gaming on laptops. For some time. Yeah, lots of people gaming on laptops. Um, uh, Dennis Siberian asked, uh, this is a good one, um, do you think we're going to see some sort of DLSS or FSR analog uh, before CPUs in the future? It doesn't really work the same. <laughs> like, I don't know what benefit. Those, that's all about outputting the final image. So I'm not sure. Like, the CPU is just getting the instructions and feeding them to other parts. It's, it's doesn't quite work the same. You don't reckon he's referring to integrated graphics, do you? If he's talking about integrated graphics, then AMD has already said FSR is supported on Ryzen APUs. Yep. With the Vega architecture. Yeah, nice. Wouldn't that be like if Intel supports FSR and they wind up, you know, putting those on the Z graphics and stuff like that? And if, if, if FSR winds up being okay, and again, like we were just talking about, the proof is in the pudding. You're going to have to wait and see. Don't buy into the hype until you see what happens. But that could be pretty dang cool. Yeah, yeah. That, Especially that would... for mobile. I mean, uh, and isn't isn't the integrated Intel graphics the, the highest... GPUs on Steam surveys, right? Yep. I mean, non dedicated yeah. by I proxy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by proxy of existing on a chip. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Here's uh, here's another one. Oh, sorry. I didn't. I didn't queue up one. Um, oh, uh, so actually, we, we didn't cover this in, in the FSR section, but there a lot of people were like, hey, they only, uh, AMD only announced uh, support for the RX 500 series. Later, they did come out and say officially that there is support for the 400 series, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, not for the 400 series, for, specifically for the 470 oh. and 470. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah, got just it. two cards. Oh, Which okay. is weird, but. That's why I can't wait to see how, exactly how it works, like what in the pipeline is doing the work, because evidently there's something that that the 480 or 460 is missing, mm-hmm. and something in there. It's just those are the things that I'm really anxious to, to read up on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so th- this is a one that's not hardware-related, but all our hardware runs on this software uh, Dennis Siberian says, uh, would you prefer if every major edition of Windows had new name branding like in the past or that things stayed the same? 
I am indifferent. I, I, I like the idea of continuing to get free Windows 10s upgrades forever. If they switch to a naming system, I'd be worried they start charging people again, and it's crazy to pay again for an operating system upgrade in 2021, I think. Um, I, I don't want to... If I don't have to reinstall it, it doesn't need a new name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good way of putting it, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, they have said in the past that Windows 10 was supposed to be the last Windows ever, right? Uh, but they're going to call it, as long as they don't start calling it cat names, I think we'll be good. Hey, <laughs> what's wrong with cat names? What are you, what are you trying to insinuate here, Keith? What's wrong with pumas? <laughs> like jaguars? Um, oh. All right, uh, let's do, let's do a, a fun one to, uh, to end it out. Uh, actually, no, I'm going to hold this for, for Gordon. I think this is interesting uh, for him. Uh, okay, a grumpy old case-related one. A case for oh in the in the chat. Mm-hmm. Or oh yeah, but go ahead and read that one. I didn't I didn't see it. Sorry. Oh gosh, I just lost it. <laughs> one second. Oh man, I'm I'm doing horrible today. Uh, I'm doing horrible today. It's all coming apart at the end. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right. I'm, I know. I, I didn't eat breakfast, so that's what happens. Uh, yeah, and we, most important meal of the day, they yeah. say. We, we just got a $2 super chat from Evo Cotti Productions that said, I'm with Brad, free Windows 10 Pro for life. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, I'm the device that you already paid for, right? Because, like, you bought your laptop in Asus, or you, or you bought your desktop PC, and you already paid your $100 for Windows. You don't pay to update Android. You don't pay to update iOS. You don't pay to update Macs. You you don't pay to update Windows right now. And I think it's garbage that if you already paid the hundred bucks, you are expected to pay another hundred bucks to get the next one. When you buy a new device, then yeah, that's baked into the price. So, hmm. uh, I found the passionate. question. If Go you want me to read it real quick. Yeah. Uh, so Hayden, uh, twenty twelve said that. Uh, the, their Cooler Master Box 5 case gets hot currently uh, when using a Sapphire 5700 XT Nitro Plus and a Ryzen 9 3900X. Is it time to change cases? So um, I'm kind of the resident case person here, so I will jump on this. Uh, I wasn't sure which version of the Master Box 5 you have. So if it's the one with the mesh front, to me, that sounds like either you need more fans in your system or you might want to look at just your actual cooling setup. To just to make sure that your CPU and your GPU are getting adequate airflow and everything is like bolted on properly and like you don't need to replace anything, et cetera, et cetera. If you have the version that's, I think, the light version that has like a solid panel front, then you may want to consider a different case or seeing if that panel is like swappable with the mesh version because then you would get better airflow for what you've got in there. I mean, like what you, what you have in there isn't over, isn't going to like suck a lot of, or like produce a lot of heat. But to me, it does just sound like something, something's not quite optimally set up for airflow in there. I tell you what, man, something real dumb that I have done at least twice before. So I didn't learn my lesson the first time is accidentally put case fans in the wrong direction in the back. So I had it. So it was just like sucking it in both directions, kind of a deal. And things were getting crazy hot. Like, before you go and buy anything, just open your case and look at it because that really screwed with temperatures and thus performance. And the couple of times I did it, that's how I noticed it. Just open it up and take a peek. 
Yep. And actually, a fan curve. Yeah, Elena has an article that just went <laughs> up. Yeah, uh, a really good article about which way, how to tell which way your fan uh, is blowing. Uh, you know, yeah. sometimes it's the really simple easy. things that people need to help. Yeah. Help with so. Yeah. And it's an easy visual check. You don't have to uninstall any of the fans. As long as you can just see the blades, you'll be able to tell which way it's uh, directing the air. Keith had a good point about also you could try adjusting the fan curves of the uh, CPU and GPU coolers. Nice. All right. Uh, let's do the last one here. Uh, Grumpy Old Man says, uh, can a manufacturer find out if you're actually mining on your GPU for a warranty? Have you ever heard of uh, them being able to check for that? I don't think so. I wouldn't worry about it. They don't care it, that much. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, how do they know if you overclocked it? Yeah. yeah. Just make sure if you tweaked it, it's set back up the way it's supposed to be set up before you send it back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, well, yeah, we, we got some other questions, but uh, I, I want to get Gordon involved. Hopefully uh, he'll uh, he'll be off vacation uh, for the next one. So, Brad, why don't, uh, why don't you take us out of here? All right. Uh, true to my spirit of winging the intro, I'm also going to wing this outro. Thank you for tuning into the full nerd, uh, your source for the latest tech topics or something like that. Uh, wherever you happen to be watching us, listening to us, Spotify, YouTube, wherever. If you liked it, give it a like, give it a rating. If you didn't like it, you know, just go on with your day. That's fine. Uh, uh, anyway, I've enjoyed having this show. Thank you to Keith for being here. I'm Brad Charkis, by the way. Adios. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Gotta say goodbye to Keith. Thanks for being here. Bye, guys. Uh, sign off with Elena. Bye, everyone. <laughs> and as I said, winging it, this outro has not gone as good as the intro. So Adam Patrick Murray should take us out. Uh, go ahead and uh, get your, your full nerd uh, merch now. Mm. Tastes so much better out of this. Wet- uh, oh, underwear. Mm, okay, I'll, I'll have to talk to uh, our rep about that one, but uh, did not look at that. Uh, I'm sure it's possible. I'm sure it's possible. You, okay. Do you really? <laughs> just the image, Do you really want fan photos of people in those? And I'm just going to leave that with you. I will retweet every single one of them. <laughs> no, okay. Oh, well, oh, mm, dang. Okay, well, maybe now we have to make it happen. Uh, I'll, I'll text my rep oh, right goodness. after this. So. Anyway, uh, <laughs> thanks, everybody. Uh, we will see you later. Bye. <laughs>